Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. I'm Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also joining us this week, Lavender Gooms. Hey, guys. Finally, joining us this week, the sub-zero of our group. That meant nothing, but we want to talk about Mortal Kombat anyway. Kid Presentable. I did get a new uh, Under Armour face mask, uh, and it's very Sub-Zero-esque. It is nice. very Sub-Zero-esque. Very nice. Um, yeah, folks, uh, if you haven't seen Mortal Kombat or the finale to Winter Soldier and Cat, and I keep saying Winter Soldier, Captain America, Winter Soldier and Falcon, um, I don't know, not even the name of the show, it's the other way around. Um, we're going to talk about those a bit at the end. Um, for now... Wow, UFC 261 was a thing that happened. That was... I'm not saying it's like one of the best cards ever, but it's going to be one of the more remembered cards ever. And that was like... I mean, that probably was the case when we had the the governor and the fucking mayor of that podunk town, you know, at the press conference. Um, I didn't watch any of that. (laughs) Yeah, a lot was going on. They, They were in Jacksonville. It's not exactly, you know, Montgomery, Alabama. Yeah, that speaks negatively. The people, uh, Mike, the way Florida behaves, it may as well be. I'm gonna say I'm gonna defend the people of Montgomery of Alabama, uh, Montgomery, Alabama. They didn't deserve that. You guys are better than Jacksonville, Florida. Mike, have you been to Jacksonville? Have you been to Montgomery? Have you been to Jacksonville? No. Okay, I'm not saying Montgomery is good. I'm telling you, Jacksonville is definitely bad. All right, definitely. Anything in Florida that isn't Miami, and even then, there's parts of Miami is real bad. Okay, um, you guys who live there, you know this is the truth. All right, <laughs> you just you guys. It's not, it's like, not my choice. There's a reason your property values are what they are, and what and what California property values are. Okay, <laughs> people know which water they're trying to get to. Um, Charlemagne the God has a saying: "The craziest people come from the Bronx and all of Florida." Yeah, there we go. Um, okay, yeah, we got ourselves one new champion. Um, got himself some serious violence. We had a crowd booing the Chinese champion, then former champion she became. And people are like, why do you think they're booing them? And I'm like, I don't know. The same people willing to go to this fucking event in Florida, man. What do you think? They might be racist? Okay. Um. <laughs> I mean, on top of booing, I actually didn't realize it during the event. It was only clarified to me after the event. I heard a chant kind of intermittently occurring throughout the night, and I could never make out what it was, only to discover it was fuck Jake Paul. That's true. Jake Paul also, we got we had Jake Paul there, who might have baited Daniel Cormier into something now, because, God, this guy is living rent-free in the entire MMA community's head. Um, we had Valentina deciding, hey, man, let me just wrestle. You guys don't expect that, huh? I'm going to wrestle, and I'm going to put a hole in this girl's head. We had Weidman... Get ext- getting the curse extended to him. We had Jimmy Crute's foot disagreeing with Jimmy Crute, uh, Crute as to where we're going to go. There was a lot happening, folks. Um, let's get into it. Mark, 
Uh, Kamara <clears throat> Usman hit Jorge Masvidal so hard that in addition to punching him and all the water escaping his uh, Jorge's body, um, he Jorge also got shoulder checked on the way down. Wow. We like to say a man has hard time to look, hard to look good beating Jorge Masvidal. This man looked great. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Mortal Kombat, he pulled a Shang Shan on uh, Masvidal, and he separated that man from his soul because he was lifeless when he got hit with that punch. And, you know, I, I think there there was some fight earlier this year that we had a candidate for knockout of the year, and I think this is another one. And it, it meets a couple of my criteria. It does not meet the crazy strike criteria, but it definitely meets the guy falling over in a laughable kind of well, you, comedic you, you way. You might have to have like a side, like a waiver entry because of who you knock out to. That in itself is impressive when a guy sure, doesn't. Sure, sure. Rodrigo Dam is the whole week. Rodrigo Dam was probably like, they're saying he's, no one's ever knocked him out. I knocked this motherfucker out 13 years ago. What the hell? <laughs> and if I, that video surfaced too, and it was pretty much the same sequence. Yeah. <laughs> of yeah uh, uh, to get into the fight itself you know the first round really played out much like i thought most of the fight would where it was extremely competitive uh jorge masvidal definitely trained for this fight he had a lot of tricks up his sleeve to try to negate some of the things that Usman's really good at you know he was fighting well on the outside using kicks uh and you know some jabs to his own extent and then, you know, it seemed halfway through the round, his deterrent for shots or level changing was a big flying knee, which if you can counter it right, which we've seen him do successfully against Ben Askren, can be extremely, um, you know, damaging and devastating. But I think in this instance, you know, an uppercut probably would have been a better countermeasure to that because when he did throw that first flying knee, Usman was able to take him down. Um, and then even on the ground, you know, Jorge definitely, you can tell he put in, he put in the rounds at the gym cause he had answers there. He was throwing a lot of elbows off his back. He was basically shrimping the whole time, not letting Usman get settled, get a lot of shots, sh shots off, um, was able to work his way back up to the cage and get back up. And that's probably where he had Usman in the most, not even like trouble, but it just, it fucked his flow up. Um, and boss Rutten used to talk to this about this a lot in fighting that it's difficult for guys to transition from grappling to striking because you're using different muscles. It's a different type of like push and pull when you're grappling somebody, when you're striking. And when they got back up to striking, Usman looked really loose, way too loose. You know, in the beginning, he was very tight. He was using his jab and his right straight very well. He was doing a lot of level changes to attack the body, but also faint for the takedowns. And when they got back up from that grappling exchange, he was kind of just winging punches crazy. And Jorge was able to do some decent work at the end of the round. You know, not enough in my eyes to win that round, but enough to give himself some confidence and maybe have you think that he's changing the trajectory of this fight. Um, and then the second round happened. And that is where Usman was able to put away uh, Jorge basically by reading his tells uh, Jorge's his, his tell for this fight. His, his counter to the jab was a, a check left hook. And once Usman kind of picked up on that, he basically, you know, the, the finishing sequence, like you said, Rodrigo Dam also did this to Jorge like eight years ago was to give kind of a pawing left hook. Basically what Jorge was doing was using his right to parry and then come with the left hook to uh, counter. So he actually threw a left hook to parry his right hand, kind of get that hand out of the way and actually kind of pull him in a little bit. And then, you know, full power blasted that right straight through his whole body into it. Because not only was he trying to make it quick and powerful, but he was beating that left hook. You know, that was the strategy. I need to get in there before that left hook, 
can land on me. And he threw his whole weight behind it. Jorge ate it up and then asked for seconds. Uh, he got dropped. That was a bad punch. And, and like you said, Bobby, I mean, I'm sure everyone listening to this has seen it. You know, the ending sequence where he gets hit and Usman throws so much of his body forward. He, he basically shoulder checks him. And to see Jorge's lifeless body get ragdolled as he shoulder checks him was, you know, uh, you know, extremely incredible. Also, it was fucking incredible, bro. You know, um, yeah. And then the the ending punches were not necessary, but like, you know, oh no, no, you got to put it away. Though, as he said himself, they were super necessary. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I I didn't get all the posts, but that was nice. That was was my favorite part. That was I was. You know what I liked? There was some guy in Jorge's corner, some rapper I never heard of. Um, um, and he looked so angry, and people were pointing it out on Twitter. And the guy had a look on his face, like he didn't even consider the possibility that Jorge oh, might lose you don't again. Be in a loser's corner, to this you other know? guy, to this guy again. Um, Jorge is um Stefan is Kamara Usman, and this is I feel dumb asking this at times because how do you even measure this? Is but is Kamara Usman the best pound for pound fighter in the world, not named John Jones? Um, I think that's fair to say, right? Like we're early, you know, but. It's the conversation is now people are throwing straight, him in with GSP. They're throwing him in with GSP, mm-hmm. and the one there's still a lot to work to be done, you know, to see what this final reign looks like. But there's a very big difference with him in GSP's great run. He's finishing guys. The performances are getting more impressive as like it goes up. And again, you know, I I will be fair. I, I was giving shit on Mosfidal was not the desired matchup. It wasn't really the chomping at the big contender we wanted, but he still did something to Mosvidal that no one does to Mosvidal, right? So that that's kind of one thing is like I, I won't make any grand proclamations yet, even though I do love hyperbole. But that's the one thing you see with Usman is on this undefeated streak, he's getting more impressive. He's not halting guys with just decisions. Like yeah, we do know him as being a grinding wrestler. He is Mister sixty uh, percent only. Or whatever, 30, you know, he 30 percent. What my bad. Um, <laughs> that you know, guy, we, that we, guy said that one shit, and, we're, and no one's letting him live in town. It's been like three years, too. Look, I got a long memory, man. Yoel Romero, no matter what, he's not about gay Jesus. You know, <laughs> you, you only got to say things for, one time. For me, for I'm just trying to, bl- I'm just trying to erase Camaro being at that Trump event from memory. I'm like, he never said anything else. <laughs> he just went that yeah. one time. <laughs> I swear, he's but, never like this. You know, we're, we're just seeing wrinkles, though. Like in that last fight, the the line that I remember from Whitman is, you know, you're world-class because of your jab and now he has a big big straight like i haven't seen a straight punch through a guy like that i think the last one i remember where he got all of it and then some was uh frankie edgar over gray maynard when gray maynard is leaning against the fence and frankie edgar just gets a running start straight punch and punches through his soul that was so um, cool man i like i watched a knockout yeah, so many amazing. times um you said it you mentioned gsp i think everybody needs to calm the fuck down um, because I be like at one point in the UFC before the fight, like he's the greatest welterweight ever. I'm like, no, he's not. That's not even cl- no, he's fucking not. Um, he's better look, than the look, last Bobby, welterweight, maybe the last champion. GSP has gone toe to toe with like three Captain Americas until Kamaru Usman oh. can do that. Well, but we're gonna have a conversation about GSP at the end of this. I was offended by how that shit went down. Um, yeah, Kamaru. By the way, no one ever talked with they like when they're like Woodley was like, I'm the second best welterweight ever. And everybody's like, yeah, okay, maybe. And now, like, Usman's saying it. And people are like, yeah, probably. Not that I like Matt Hughes, but the man had, like, six defenses. I know we're just, like, the skill set's better now, 
But the man had like that many defenses. I'm just and, like, and what did he say that? Considering that Usman, beat no, him? he said he said it no? when he he said it when he was in the run when he was like, oh, okay. when, when he when he murked Darren Till, I think he said I, it. You also have to throw in Pat Militage. if you want to talk people yeah. that don't get remembered. It's like no one remembers who you know, Pat, Pat Militage uh, and how long was yeah. his run? No one cares. Pat Militage, I don't like to talk about Pat Militage after January six. I mean, Mark, look at there's after, after, after January six. I don't like to mention Pat Militage, Okay, it's tarnished, but you know he. Did yeah, but you mentioned different. Trevor Whitman. We're going to be talking about Trevor Whitman uh, in a little bit here after the next fight too. Um, Mike Covington Usman two. That dude was cage I mean, like he thought he was gonna get in the cage, and I saw this dude. I saw Usman putting a belt on his dad. I'm like, the UFC can't put this motherfucker in the cage right now. <laughs> they wouldn't dare. Um, but I saw him afterwards. He immediately, I think, he called Usman a virgin, and then like you know, he said he's gonna fight him. Is he? Is the gas the gap gotten wider? Let me ask you that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it has. Um, <laughs> if Kabaru, if Kabaru's standoff has gotten better, which every indication shows that it has, because Masvidal, let, let's face it, he his bread and butter is his striking, um, and we saw him get starched. Usman handled Gilbert Burns, and sure, the first fight with Covington, it was close up until up until he broke his jaw. Can't believe I actually uttered that sentence, but from it wasn't close. It was two two. It was on very two close. judges scorecards, yes. and like I mean, obviously the fifth round was going Kamara's way already, but it was two two on two scorecards. <laughs> we've seen we've seen Usman's skill set just get better since that fight, and maybe some of this is just inactivity. I think Covington has only fought once since that Usman fight. Um, is it just, wait? Is it really just Woodley? Is that all that I happened? Think, yeah, I think he just fought Woodley because uh, Lawler was before. Yeah, that was. Fought, be, I think that was before. Um, I think it was. I'll look. Fought, was I'll look while you keep going. <laughs> yeah. So part of it could be just inactivity. We've only seen Covington once in the ring, um, but we've seen more improvement from Usman in the fights that we have available for them. Yep, that was his only fight. Yeah. Um, that uh, Usman putting the belt on his dad was nice. That was a nice moment. Um, that was what you do when they give you an opponent that's outmatched. We saw that in Valentina's fight as well. Um, who almost, I feel Mar- Valentina listened to our podcast and was offended by people questioning if she's putting people away. She's like, let me just put a hole in this bitch's head and see what happens from now on. <laughs> um, co-main event. Rose Namajunas is the fucking best. Tell all these people you're the fucking best. Tell them you're the best motherfucker that ever came out here. I need Pat Barry in my life, guys. Just behind me, hyping me up for shit. Mark, did you catch that? Uh, a, a little bit. I, I caught... I didn't catch it. I guess she was saying it before the fight started. Oh, she kept going, like, I'm the best. I'm the best. And I'm like, shit, I hope so. I picked you, man. Let's, let's <laughs> I see. did see it after after she won. And Pat was also telling her that. So that, that's where I caught it. Um, Steph, this seemed like the case of... And people, I mean... First round, rose through four strikes, kicked kicked Whaley upside the head. I think that's what it was. Um, Whaley thought she was checking a leg kick, um, and instead Rose went high with the opposite leg. Didn't see it coming. Steph, was this the case of we know Whaley is kind of like a mini Vanderlei Silva, kind of just wrecking people, lack of head movement, and or you know she gets hit anyway. This is just a result of hitting the right spot. 
Yeah, I I, it, I don't have a lot of takeaways from it. I don't necessarily think less of Wei Lee. You know, we we know Rose is very talented. That's just like you said, not much happened. There were Wei Lee had a strategy. She was attacking the leg. She knew Rose's movement was going to be a thing, and so she was playing the long game. She's like, I'm going to take her wheels off, and then she read it wrong. Like you said, she thought it was going low, and it went high, and it just slept her. You know, um, it's it's an impressive as hell kick to have that power, right? You know, but it's it's not a lot. It, it's so short, you know. It's why you, some people want a long war because a long war can tell a better well, story. You said long war, and I'm just gonna bring this up. And I know it's hard to gauge these things at the next fight ever after, but her and Yoana left a piece of themselves in that cage last fight. I know it was a year ago, but it's one of those things where you know. Miss Iron Chin gets slept immediately. Again, it could have just been she got caught. It happens. But this, it is 100, a this is this is this is hundred head kick right to the button. Like, yeah, I mean, this is one hundred fifteen pounds. Not that's yeah. tough. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's the thing. We, we won't know. I guess we'll see with her next fight. Um, I think anybody and Mike, you tell me if you disagree. Saying there needs to be an immediate rematch. Why? I I don't no. think you. I don't think there needs to be an immediate rematch. I don't think. I don't know who's next. Honestly, at one fifteen. I I think I do know. Uh. So to answer your first question, no, I agree. I, I don't think there, there needs to be an immediate rematch. It's not like this is some long-standing rivalry and Jang was some long-standing champion in this case. Uh, so I think one, one fight and Jang can be right back in there. But I think we do know who's going to be the next competitor. Looking at the straw weight rankings, it's not going to be Wei Li. It's not going to be Joanna. Um, and the next contender is set up very perfectly. Um, Carlos Barza and Young Xiaonan fight in a few weeks. Um, Carla obviously beat Rose to win the inaugural women's strawweight champion. So if she wins, that would be that would be a great matchup for storyline reasons. Isn't and Carla like super 50-50? She on a run? I feel like she's on a run. She has won three in a row. Right. She's beaten Alexa Grasso, your girl Michelle Waterson. These are all and decisions, Marina right? Rodriguez. All decisions, but she's ranked fourth, and she's fighting the fifth, uh, the fifth ranked person in the division. And the Man. people above her, Rose is beaten. Man, they, or, wait, wait, the, the UFC. I, one second, the UFC was getting this so set up for a Chinese fighter versus a Chinese fighter, right? Is that where we were? Well, they they <laughs> might get another one in, in in her next title defense. Fair enough, Seth. Go, sorry, go ahead. I, I think it makes sense to run Yoana and Wei Lee back. Um because Rose, I mean? No, oh. Wei Lee oh. and uh, Yoana. Oh, I feel okay. like it makes sense to run them back That'd as their awesome. next match. Because Yoana, even though the second one was better, she's still too she's 0-2 to Rose. So it's hard to argue that trilogy unless she has any momentum. And if Wei Lee doesn't deserve it, but you want to keep her in something really high profile to make her one and back in title hunt. Yoshibi Yoana again, then it's it works for both of them, I think. Because Yoana is gonna need a lot of momentum to get a third fight against Rose. And so beating Whaley uh could make that entry. But then you just create a potential trilogy if she can beat Whaley. So I just think that's the fight to make for Whaley coming out of this. Um, you know, because she if you don't want to give it to her immediately, Yoana is the big name in no man's land. Okay. Uh Mark. Um, I said we talk about him again. Trevor Whitman has transformed Kamara Usman's striking into what you see. Trevor Whitman has been Rose Namajunas' coach pretty much this whole stretch. 
I know it's early. I know we know it's hard for us to keep track of these things in, uh, in general, but that's this is some co- coach of the year shit four months in, right? He's just, his guys are hitting on all cylinders. Yeah, I don't think they're stable of like professional, you know, in the in the running fighters is super big. I mean, they also have Gaethje. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think already with, with these two, easy to make that case, especially early on when we don't have another like, you know, gym of the year or front runner at the moment. Um, we're early enough in the year that I think both Usman and Rose will probably have another fight, um, you know, in 2021. So that'll continue to tell the story if, you know, they can keep this streak up. But absolutely. I mean, I think he's very clearly distinguished himself as, you know, a top tier striking coach at the very least. Right. I mean, that, that's mostly what we're seeing his fighters really excel at. Um, and, it, and it's mostly just because, like, you know, their, their fights are taking place mostly there, especially with Usman's a great example of someone that was at a different camp and we didn't see this type of striking and you know trevor whitman is kept it very simple kept the fundamentals um and when usman follows those instructions he's been doing extremely well so it's very easy to to connect those dots and especially you know you look at this card and you know not only does he have you know two champions under his rosters you know they had emphatic wins you know undeniable wins they both looked great so i think the rest of the year you know we'll we'll see how gaichi matches up he's right in the running if he can capture a belt and they have three belts at the end of the year i think it's an extremely difficult case to make for any other gym uh but yeah definitely was the headline of this card was you know not not just the spectacular finishes we saw throughout the card but you know definitely whitman yeah, getting I, his i think who else due. Got, who else has got multiple champions i know um eugene Behrman has got izzy and um Volkan alexander, alexander. Yeah. um i don't really know who's coaching Jan. To be honest, at this point, and we know Stepe's yeah. coach is just Stepe's team is just Stepe. You always get that impression. Those guys are real. Like these are my dudes. And yeah, so there's not another not another team really sticks out. But you know, there's a lot of year left, and we'll see if they can retain their championships. And if Gaethje gets it, then I think that kind of seals it. But he's been he's a great coach. You know, I think I don't want to say like it was unfair that we gave so much credit to um, Greg Jackson. You know, he was part of that team. They were doing great things. And now that they've split, you know, we tend to hear a lot about what Whitman's doing. You know, he's definitely been in the headlines more than Greg Jackson and, you know, his staple of fighters, which he has a huge roster and they're doing great. You know, he has John Jones. There's lots of contenders coming out of that camp, but it's been very interesting to see the camp out of Colorado kind of separate itself and him really become more of a household name, you know, props, hats off. Yeah. Um, Question. Where is Tatiana Suarez at a hundred? Like just generally, is she like, she was the big boogeyman for me at 115 pounds. And I, she has not fought, like Nina Nunez was her last fight. And since then, Nina has birthed an entire human being and also fought. Does anybody know if anything's going on with her? I, I don't, look- unfortunately. Yeah, Mike, you saw her- those standings? Yeah, no is idea. she in the top 10? Or- She's not. She's not at all. She's not, ranking. no. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on. But I mean, I kept thinking Tatiana Suarez is the one to come up and give all these women a serious challenge. Um, anyway, 135 pounds, um, just the best female fighter in the world, not named Amanda Nunes is looking for new ways to crush her opponents. Um, she's bigger than Jessica Andras. Jessica Andras thought she was going to wrestle. I think I thought she had some, she was, she had a prayer there. She got put on her ass, uh, more times than anyone has ever been put on her ass in a women's flyweight fight. I put I worded that poorly. More takedowns than any other women's flyweight fight. Um, and they did that by the second round. Um, took her down like eight times, I believe. 
Goddard in it was the Cruci- in the first for sure. Yeah, Goddard in the Crucifix position started dropping elbows. Jessica started bleeding. We were done. Well, I mean, let's just get to this uh, end here. Mike Lauren Murphy's next. Apparently, people seem pretty sure about that. Do we get to see? I mean, okay, we just keep this. Well, we just keep this going. <laughs> this podcast is an audio medium. Um, obviously you guys hearing this now can't see our video recording, but Bobby insane Lauren Murphy is L- Lauren Murphy's next did exactly what my sentiment is. He just shrugged. It's like, eh, I okay. like Lauren Murphy a lot too. She is tough as hell. I don't think this is going to go well, Mark. She's, this is not going to go well at all. Like what, what is she going to do? No, I mean, I, I guess at 25, that's the, the fight to make, but I, I think really what it is and. And what my perspective of it is, is that I think it's undeniable to not give Amanda Nunes the, the GOAT status, you know, but I think Valentina's right there. Um, and it's, she often gets, you know, compared to her because they've obviously fought twice and Nunes ha- has got W's on both those wins, even though the second one was really close. But it's undeniable that Valentina is best suited at 25 and is easily the best fighter at 25. And it's unfortunate that, you know, she's not going to garner the same respect that Amanda Nunes does because she's has not been able to go up that division and capture that title because Amanda has been able to fend her off. But I think if there is ever a time to make that trilogy fight, it's now. Um, I think this is the performance that Valentina needed to really get momentum behind her to really say, like, well, not only am I just dominant, but I just finished my last opponent. And... And I think if the UFC is smart, you build this as like, this is this is a fight to determine who the best woman fighter of all time undoubtedly is. Like, this is, it's, it's, a, it's an easy one, too. These are the two top women. We're so fortunate that they're so close in weight. They're able to compete against each other. And while they've had two, two, you know, they've had two fights and they haven't split them, you know, Nunes does have, you know, the two W's. This isn't a case where it's like, okay, well, I don't want to see a third fight. It's like, I, we need to see a third fight because it's still in question who is the best woman's fighter. Um, Dana White commented on this and said, you know, Amanda beat her twice, which is fair. And he said, the reason I make that fight is if they both tell me they want it. And he's like, I know Valentina wants it. Amanda got a split in the second one, I think. Yeah, second was, was a super split. close. Second one was absurdly close. First one, Amanda won the first two rounds and then was out of gas. And then and it was kind of where the, a lot of the narrative of, of Amanda has no gas came from was that fight. But I think it was mostly just a case of Valentina's just a fucking beast, too. Yeah, they're the best two female fighters ever. I agree with that. Um, Steph, does Amanda have any reason to take that fight at all? Um. It's just whatever she wants to do for legacy. You know, what we talk about Amanda is how many more defenses does she have till she retires, right? So she can go out. Her final fight can be against next in line contender, which I forget. She has someone on the books for uh, a 135 defense. I'm blanking on who it is off the top of my head. Oh, Juliana Vega. I don't mean to laugh, but Juliana Vega got that fight off of just saying, I deserve it. You guys so know what I mean. scared of Juliana me. Vega or Juliana Pena? Pena? Juliana Pena. Okay, all right. Like, whether it's one more fight, two more fights, three more fights, we know Amanda's closer to the end at this point than the beginning. So that's, those are her options. She can do the, I'm just going to keep knocking out the contenders as they warn them, 
or she can go for a super fight. She can end it on a big thing. You know, the interest will be there. It's a bigger payday. I don't know what Amanda's paydays are. I know they're probably less than they should be. But Valentina will <laughs> That's represent. Where we're at now. They're all less than they should be. We all know that yeah. much. Valentina yeah. will represent the biggest one she can probably get if she is thinking about hanging it up. So the interest should be there from that perspective. And you know, um, no one's gonna throw it. But this is where we are with both of them, right? All we can speculate is you know super fights. Like this is probably less likely to happen because it seems like they're best friends now, and one of them does look visibly smaller. But it's like then you start. Well, if you're not gonna go fight Amanda. Can Rose come up and fight you? Can you go down and fight well, Rose? I guess they also all train there is together. to do is super fights right now. I guess I guess they train together too. That's a thing. So they're all buddies. I don't is know, that luck. still a thing where training? It seems nowadays training partners are more willing to fight each other. No, I don't think they're regular partners. I think they just like they're friends and they fought. A, they've, I, they train a couple times at least. People are mentioning. Um, but that's. It seems like that's all there is to do at this point. Yeah, that was. Whew. I mean, she's, oh, I mean, she's, and then props because. Uh, it was such a thorough performance that uh, Valentina got to bust out like seven pirouettes, a little flippy spin. She had a whole dance number set was, for that routine. I was watching with uh, Drew, which you guys know this, but my former roommate, and he's on video chat with me. And Drew's just like, what are we doing here? And I'm like, yo, man, that's, my girl dances. She dances. Um, Valentina is so made for being a uh, bad guy Russian spy in a James Bond movie. That, like, come on, man, if they make another one of those, just let her do it. <laughs> like, she's so built for that shit. Um, anyway, um, Chris Weidman, Uriah Hall. We're going to run back that ring of combat shit. No, we're not. 17 seconds in. Uriah Hall. Well, Chris Weidman throws a kick. Uriah Hall checks it. Kind of. Like, he checked it, but not, you know. Did he really, though? I didn't I see, thought he kind of checked I didn't it. I did Uriah he? Hall lift his... But even like a millimeter at all. I thought it he just like, looked like Chris Weidman hit him in the knee. All right, no, uh, it's, no, it's I give it credit. If you go back and you watch when Weidman and did it to Silva in slow motion, they aim it. They aim their knee. They like you're gonna kick this. You're gonna kick right below my knee. It is identical. You see them just shift their knee a little bit, but the kick goes right into it. It is a. It is absolutely a defensive maneuver and. um yeah, yeah, Bob, I'll let you get back to the hyperbole of it. But uh, fucking me... Shout out to Uriah Hall. First victor with zero strikes thrown. True greatest of all time material, right? I do this question is... that stat. Did they go back and watch all of Dan Severin's fights? Because I'm sure he'd be <laughs> some guys without throwing a strike. I was going to say, there had to be one of these. Um, yeah, man. So I know you all saw it because this was the number one post on Reddit, period. Um, Chris Weidman broke all his shit. Um, um, I think on that Reddit, was, on that the was post. definitely worse than Anderson Silva, right? I think okay. Well, it, yeah, folks, his leg snapped. But uh, his tibia, I think it is snapped. Like yeah, Bob, just you mentioned Reddit. I just got to point out uh, when I saw the uh, the video clip on Reddit, it was at one point one thousand upvotes, seven point eight thousand comments. People, people had no time to upvote that shit. They're just like, that's just gross. I got to go. I thought it was worse because I feel we didn't see Anderson put the go all the way down, putting the weight on it. Like Weidman went all the way down. Like I thought he might have pierced his I skin. Think, I think he thought that his foot was like his leg was still good. Like he tried to plant it. Um, like, I, uh, was dumby. By the way, the camera cutting to Uriah Hall and Uriah Hall having a look. 
Like, he was shell-shocked like you read about. Like, that dude... I feel I've seen Uriah Hall contemplating quietly while another man has been ruined a few times. Like, who though, he definitely did it on more than once on Tough, too. Like, Uriah Hall, man... First of all, I wouldn't feel safe. Uh, not, not with the mouth that guy kicks. That shit's... The curse is out there. Second, Mark, that's not a worse way to get a win. Like, that was... He looked broken up. I mean, beyond being shaken up by it, people can give him any credit for that one. That was going to be the biggest win of his career. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think in the moment, he was definitely, yeah, I mean, it, it's shocking. It's gruesome. Uh, I think when he has time to reflect, it will be nice that he has this. I mean, he has a record that I can't imagine anyone's going to beat. I mean, his record is getting a win with no strikes, but it, it's got to be like one of the, the fights with the least amount of fights, like strikes thrown. There was only one strike thrown and, and the fight ended. Like he's going to be in the record books for a lot of different things. And I think at the end of the day, he could be like, well, you know, at least I'll be remembered for that. Um, it was funny when I showed Christina, she was like, oh, I feel really bad for Uriah Hulk. It's like, no, he has this curse hanging over his head. <laughs> like, you can never throw but did, you, did you see that? Did you think I said you were Patrick Cote and his little torn knee trying to get in on this? Yeah, like, I love I you, mean, Patrick, but like, I know an ACL injury is rough, Patrick, but we saw this man's leg tried to leave. <laughs> like, yeah, with the rest it was of <laughs> flapping in the wind like our favorite flags do. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was... It, at the end of the day, it's just like, yeah, it's it's super unfortunate. It, it is fairly rare, but we do see it. Um, and, yeah, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, it's like, well, you know, I do hope Weidman obviously can recover and, and live a full life. I Where he's at in his career, I mean, I think he has the willpower to want to heal and get back in there, but I, I don't think anyone's going to blame him if he, if he hangs it up at this point, too, because his things haven't really been going his way. And, you know, after an injury like this, it's kind of hard to to recover and you know it's probably gonna take like a year for him to get back in the ring yeah and... they told him uh six to twelve look i was listening to him this morning because he like at like 4 a.m put a post up like a video on instagram while he was laying in the hospital in pain yeah. waiting for more painkillers and you could tell this dude was going through it like well, he kept moving his camera angle every few seconds yeah he was down this way. look I, I i don't think he's gonna let that be the last image we see of him in a right. ufc octagon and I think there's a lot of time. I think like he's gonna. There's a lot of guys. Like a lot. I mean, this isn't just a fighter thing. This might just be an athlete thing. A lot of it's pride. And I mean, I know this things weren't going well, but this man in the pre-fight interview was talking about this is his last push to be middleweight champion and then retire with that belt. Like you lie to yourself. Um, that was. You couldn't like like Mike. You couldn't even like you couldn't. The odds of that happening, and it being him, again just. I don't know the guy personally, but he's hard to feel not to mean that was horrible. You feel for in him. in my MMA watching career, which I guess goes back about 11, 12 years now. Um, I've seen it happen live twice. Um, and then the other I heard about was the, the real tall dude on tough five. Um, Rest in peace, Corey Hill. Corey Hill. He passed away. Yeah, I learned that this weekend too. Corey Hill passed away. Mm. Um, and then obviously Anderson Silva and then coming just full circle on it, Chris Weidman. Um, yeah, he, he, he was an older fighter at this point. Um, and you do got to kind of delude yourself to think that you do have one more run in you. It's going to be really hard for him to pull one of those together because it's going to be at least six months before he can even train again. If he's really lucky and there's no complications 
and he's going to be at least a year older before he can even think about getting back in the octagon. So it's going to be really rough for him. Yeah, Anderson and took Anderson 13 months to fight again. And if you remember correctly, that was against Nick Diaz, and he tested positive for the Thai sex juice and everything else. That one. Um, Steph, do we just – well, I mean, we're just going to chalk this up as a win for the man. Uriah Hall's won some fights here, man. Is it time, you know, let's see how close we can – I mean, we're the middleweight division's clearly bereft of title contenders. Um, do we what? Just get him up to the near guy at the top, see if we can get him uh, – you know, get a striking matchup between him and Z. We sell one day, we give him some – Fight to get him there? See if he's there at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can kill a contender by having him match up with Robert whenever Robert's ready. You know, because Robert passed up the shot because he wanted a little more time. But it seems like he'll conceivably just wait for the victor of Vittori. Well, it and sounds I, like I, 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 I wouldn't begrudge him that. Robert absolutely doesn't need to take another fight. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's guys for Uriah, right? Every, everyone who Robert Whitaker killed is there for Uriah. You have your firmware contenders like Cannoneer, um, the Brazilian dude. Um, he, uh, Costa is still waiting for a fight. I think he, that's that's a, probably a good one that keeps them. Well, like, Costa two- got him. Costa beat him. Um, I mean, it, it was like two years ago. I mean, ago, you, could, you could run it back. I, mean, I was like, going to like, say Kelvin, Kelvin would have been cool as a rematch to their fight from all those years ago. But Kelvin's coming off a loss, and I'm not sure that gets him there necessarily beating him middleweight's a mess it really there's, is the, there's there's uh, plenty of bodies yeah, yeah. um I, all I right. do, before we go on i do want to throw this out here because th- there is one other injury like this that i know me and steph remember because no one took it better like a champ than uh, Saki? Our boy, Saki? uh tyrone sprung oh i was yeah. watching i was watching with you that one mark that was yeah, yeah i mean <laughs> that dude he it was basically the same thing where he threw a low kick it checked it broke but Dude didn't seem like he was in any pain at all. He just sat his ass he, down. He, it was he like, was, I, he like dude, pointed at it. He's well, like, yeah, because like it was against guys. it was against Goku Saki, and Goku went to like hold him and console him. And at some point, it looked like Spong was like, "Yeah, man, I'm good. Goku is all good." Like, so, so I did not know this. I, I hadn't really kept up with him. So I was like, "What happened since then?" That was his last kickboxing. And the dude's like 13-0 oh, in boxing now. So Mark, you cut out for a second. You said that was oh. his last kickboxing. Yeah, so that looking at Wikipedia, that was his last kickboxing uh fight. He had a hundred and seven kick he had hundred and seven wins, seven losses, one draw, one no contest, a lifetime of kickboxing. After that injury, he went into boxing. He's like, I ain't kicking <laughs> he shit went into anymore. Boxing. <laughs> He's 14 and 0. So I'm like, yeah. you know what? Good pivot, bro. <laughs> Fuck kicking anything. Ever yeah. <laughs> Don't need to use these legs for kicking no more. So I, I thought it was interesting. I did not know what he got into, and he's been boxing ever since. I guess he's doing all right. Yeah, he was talking about MMA at one point before now because he was doing all three at that that time. He was doing, and then he's just like, nope, no kicking. Back to hands only. Um, Jimmy Crute, um, Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith was surprised that he was the underdog. Phil Anthony Smith has not watched his own fights recently. Um, Jimmy Crute tore something, maybe, it looked like. His MCL, ACL, managed to still take Anthony Smith down with that knee injury. Uh, Then he got up. He had the drop foot syndrome, which meant he really just kind of lost control of what was going on with his ankle and foot. Just couldn't plant at all. And they stopped the fight. I don't know what else is there to say. This is me just saying it happened. From what Anthony I saw, Smith needed, Anthony Smith needed a fucking win. <laughs> it, 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 I, from what I saw, like Anthony Smith was doing pretty good. 
Like he, yeah. he had really been able to establish his jab, which is a really good tool for him to really utilize and get better. But it seemed like it was it was going to be a tough fight and, you know, a freak injury, you know, got W. But like you said, he needed it. You know, Jimmy Crude is a young prospect. He's going to have a lot more opportunities to get his run at the title. Um, and he looked he looked pretty good. I mean, what I think what was funny from what I saw and heard of this fight is like Jimmy Crute was really working the leg kicks. And then Anthony Smith landed one, and he just completely fucked up his world. So, you know, that's just how it goes sometimes. Um, on the prelims, I caught uh, Randy Brown's one-armed rear naked choke on Alex Oliveira. And after he was done choking him, he was talking all sorts of shit to Oliveira. And I was just like, you know what? I'm sure that's deserved. Because while I don't know what Oliveira did this time, Oliveira will talk that shit. So, big win for Randy Brown. I'm okay with you all the talking all that shit afterwards. And, and you know what? I'm also okay with Sure, sure, sure. Martial arts, honor, yeah, all that jazz and, you know, shaking hands and hugging people after the fight, you know, because you guys have literally duped it out. But you know what? I'm okay with keeping that negative energy after a fight and continuing to talk shit after you choke somebody out. <laughs> Mike's trying to get them to keep kayfabe alive, man. That's what he's trying to do. Um, Apparently, Jeff Molina and Keeling Aori fucking threw down on the undercard um try to check that out that, you got that was the fight i watched in the prelims that i texted you guys that yeah, this, i heard that was a goddamn banger and, and that was the fight after that fight i fell asleep um big win for um brendan allen getting that ankle lock on carl roberson did it kurt angle style actually i don't know i read ankle lock i rolled with that don't know if you grapevine the leg or not um ufc 261 performances of the night Kamara Usman and Rose Namajunas fight of the night. That Molina Ori fight. Um, the only other notable thing, I guess, is like we don't even get. It. I mean, look, nobody's wearing a fucking mask. You saw it on TV. But I don't know what we were expecting from the people who'd be willing to go to this. So that was that. Um, uh, when they showed like out outside images from, I guess, a drone or whatever they were doing, and like you just saw the mass of people going in. I was literally getting anxiety watching that. Like, oh my god, that's so many people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, kind of on this uh, as we kind of transition to news. You know, like one of the things I saw came out. It was very much a Dana going to be Dana moment. Um, I don't know what the paper in Vegas is, um, but in what was maybe fifteen percent of their article on this event. Uh, they just started with mentioning the basic COVID waiver that everyone who attended is. You get COVID, or if you die, the UFC is not liable. And Dana went on a very Dana tirade of, this motherfucking rag, you're never coming to our sport again. How dare they do this? Like, we're a true local business. And that's what everyone had a field day with. Like, ah, yes, the multinational conglomerate mom and pop shop, the UFC, you know. Uh, yeah, he went after the Review Journal pretty hard there, so... I don't think we may not all, see Adam All we did was simply read the text on the waivers that they had everyone attend. But Yo, hell, the demand was there, right? Clearly, people miss live sports that bad. They do not care. You know, I, I'm not going to blame him for the waiver, actually, because I'm going to blame him for holding this event. But if you're going to, like, you saw, you know what you saw what, when you agree to when you go to these events, man? A fastball could take your fucking balls off and you don't get a dime from that team because you signed that away. Read the back of the ticket. Yeah, I mean, I. Again, the same people who will go to this went and booed the Chinese world champion and the black, you know, welterweight champion. Like, this is what we're dealing with here. Um, 
I'm not yet at the point where I don't care because the vaccines are just now readily available. But once we're at the point now, like we give it another month and a half where everybody who's wanted one can get one and is immune, is, is, is you know, immune. I don't care about what happens to any of these other people. I'm going to be honest. Though they are the reason we are going to have to get shots every year for the rest of our fucking lives because they refuse to let us get the herd immunity. So that's that's where we're at. Um, and look, the crowd being there, I did not miss motherfuckers yelling woo. Um, the USA yeah. chants. Yeah. Now you mentioned that, Mike. Um, I like hearing like a big like, ooh, when someone gets knocked out. That's cool. But it's not adding so much to the event that I care. Because I also was enjoying the silence of a motherfucker getting starched in the performance on Institute. All right? Just nothing. Do you know what I miss? I miss being able to hear clearly all the coaches' instructions. Yeah. I like the beginning where people were saying Daniel Cormier was saying shit and the fighters were picking up on it. That was early in the pandemic. Yeah. um, They're going to do this again in Texas, who, while Florida is third worst COVID case rate, Texas is second. So... Who's one? Uh, Michigan's fucked right now. Oh. Michigan's got a whole situation going on. Um, California's the lowest. But, All right. you know, we got, we got to recall our governor because he had dinner that one time. You know. Gonna, Fuck that guy. Yeah, we're going to we're going to look at that situation and say Caitlyn Jenner needs to be our governor. That's where we're at. Didn't, she, for kill, Kate. didn't she kill a dude? Yeah, she, she did that Bruce? too. Yeah, she well, that, now she now now it's, well back then she was Bruce. That was that's on Bruce's record. That's on Bruce's record. Double Jeopardy laws yeah. or something. Yeah, <laughs> you show me that driver's license record. She's gonna say like, "Yo, that was Bruce. It's not me." <laughs> um, how, dare, how dare you dead name me? I'm Kate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Anthony Pettis fought on Friday. By the way, I'm just mentioning PFL because I was enjoying this whole like the thing they were doing where people were vote like the fan vote was in there for the scorecards and all that shit. They really money's being spent. Um, I like the whole conspiracy theory that PFL is just a uh, way to launder money, which maybe, but sure. at least they're on TV now. <laughs> I'm okay. Got to launder it somewhere. Uh, as, they got... as someone who works in money laundering, yeah. Here, here's a pretty big rule of money laundering. You don't want it to be conspicuous. <laughs> you don't need a TV show for your money laundering. You're saying no. You don't do that. You you buy a titty bar. You buy a cash intensive business. Those are those are the ways you do it, okay? Um, Spinoff podcast. On this card they have this weekend on ESPN2, uh, main event is Rory McDonald versus Curtis Millinder. I believe Mr. Millinder is also a UFC fighter, formerly. Um, we got Roy Cooper III versus Jason Panay. Antonio Carlos Jr. versus Tom Lawler. I just like Tom Lawler's fighting. You know, he's not just wrestling. It's nice to see Tom Lawler fighting. Chris Camozzi is on the card. Glyson Tebow is on the card. Vinny goddamn Magalhaes is on the card. Um, Cesar Ferreira is on the card. You know, they're trying, man. They're putting people out there. We're in the last week, I believe, of the one uh, the one on TNT thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Eddie Alvarez is fighting Ray Yoon Oak. Shinya versus Edward Foloyang is somehow on the prelims. That's I don't shame. get I don't get's the one I'm most interested in. But if you have BR live, that shit's on at 5:30 in the West Coast. So I and then also on the undercard is Colby Covington's uh not Colby Covington. Sage Northcutt's sister, Colby. Right. Yeah, I messed it up with the name of Colby. Um 
All right, um, some news that happened this week. Stefan mentioned that Robert Whitaker just mathematically can't fight in June. He has to spend two weeks just going home because of the COVID situation, the COVID mm-hmm. restrictions. Got a wife, got kids, you know. UFC, though, they told everybody, they told ESPN they're going to charge people 60, 70 bucks for this pay-per-view in June. And they need uh, another title fight on there uh, besides uh, Davis and Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno, too. As exciting as that is going to be for all of us. So um, Marvin Vittori, who um, no one seems very excited about him getting a title shot at all. That lights for last fight didn't exactly wow him, wow I guess. Is going to take on Izzy Adesanya in a rematch of a fight that was three, four years ago. I know we've been the ones saying Marvin Vittori is the most interesting contender. Um, anybody here confident enough to pick him? No. <laughs> Bobby, as <laughs> you and me being the biggest Marvin Vittori fans, I'm still like, yeah, yeah I don't think so. But uh, I'm interested. You got me interested. I do like that. Like The thing that's interesting for the first fight is like, sure, Izzy won the first two rounds. But then in the third, Marvin got on top of him. Yeah. <laughs> and then was just there yeah. for five minutes. be interesting. I'm kind of surprised that's the way they went because, I mean, I, I guess it's like you said, Bob. And I guess I didn't hear that. Like, Whitaker just can't make the date. He can't. So. No, he just he says he's between training. Yeah. And... So, like, Marvin also, like, makes he just, he, just went, he just went five fucking rounds. He too. did. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Whitaker is the most deserving. But, you know, time schedules are what they are. I, I, I'm okay with Marvin getting the, the nod here. Um a little undeserved, but it's an interesting fight. I think there's a storyline there. I mean, he's so. the next most deserving, probably. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, it would've, we would have liked him to beat somebody else, I think, probably Agreed. going in. I mean, I'm sure Derek Brunson's like, hey, man, I, I lost to this dude, too. I can lose to Izzy again. <laughs> True. Um, Other stuff we got is uh, Tyron Woodley's not under contract. We all thought, we all heard that that was his last fight on the contract. Men went out swinging on a $50,000 bonus. Stefan mentioned Jake Paul. Who mm-hmm. somehow managed to destroy Dana White on Twitter, despite his limited intelligence, just by saying, "I made the third most. Mo- I, if I was a UFC fighter, I would have made the third most ever in a, you know, on my in my third pro fight." And I'm like, "Woo! That was woo! <laughs> and people are like, "Maybe he's not a villain." I'm like, "Hey, remember no, last week when on. he den- <laughs> when he denied sexual assault allegations?" Yeah, no, I'm just saying. I mean, every now and then <laughs> the Joker says some shit. They're like, "Yeah, I can see his point," but it's not a yeah, hero all of a sudden. Do you, do you think people not realize? I mean, do they not grow up and realize that most people aren't inherently good or evil? Like, there's a just like some evil people say do something good every now and then, like or you know. Uh, good job. And also, does anybody think this motherfucker cares a, even a little bit how much UFC fighters make? <laughs> does he no, he's care using it to his benefit. He's, he's dragging him over to the boxing ring. But, yeah, I mean, and, look, it, he makes a good point. You, you can I, be I, an asshole talks, and still make a good point every now and then. He's got to try to talk Tyron Woodley in there. I mean, I wouldn't. You, Tyron Woodley might detach his head from his shoulders. Do you but, guys remember the bygone era where super serious boxing people poo pooed the UFC and how it was a freak show? And how now yeah. the, the, the script is flipped and now it's super serious MMA guys that are calling the boxing guy a freak show? Yeah, it's called uh, one of the sports has risen and the other one's hanging on by a fucking thread. <laughs> Money. Um, I remember there's the famous video interview of Lou DiBello and uh, Joe Rogan on ESPN where Joe Rogan oh, yeah. just said, I like this. But I also like this and this. <laughs> and I'm like, Joe made it so simple. <laughs> um, yeah, Tyron Woodley, go get that paycheck, man. Daniel Cormier yeah. got up from his chair to shit talk this kid. 
So I don't think Daniel Cormier's 250-pound ass is going to go fight this kid. Well, talk DC, talk Tyron uh, Woodley into it. D- DC he said he would uh, fight him in an MMA. I'm like, oh, please, come on, DC. Just be above it. Okay, if we're going to make the kid fight MMA, he does not need to have a 60-pound weight disadvantage, too. If anything, let him fight. Like, I know you don't. What's Henry Cejudo up to? You know Henry wants money. Give me Henry Cejudo versus the Paul kid in MMA. Man, all three of you are going to feel so bad when that overhand right comes from Jake Paul and knocks <laughs> Henry Cejudo's little ass out. Well, we saw the man. You know what it is? I think Dana White heard my suggestion that they get Nick Diaz to do this. To do this Because he saw Nick Diaz in the crowd and Dana White's like, Nick says he wants to fight. And I'm like, I see how it is. You know, try to keep Nick away from that big Paul brother money. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Look, this kid is underneath everybody's skin impressively. So good job. That's his goal always. He's going to get another MMA fighter to fight. I hope Tyron Woodley gets paid a lot. If it's I mean, you said it. You know what the best card in the history of combat sports would be? Is the Paul brothers and a co-headliners against the Diaz brothers in a boxing mm, match? That would be you good. know that would be fucking amazing, guys. I would pay for that. I would I would definitely pay for that. The one thing Dana White said in this whole thing that I agree with, or Dana White said, their pay-per-view numbers aren't even close to what they're saying they are. I'm like, I believe you there. Because I don't know one human being who actually paid for it. <laughs> not, I don't know one person who actually paid for this thing. Well, uh, it came out today that uh, Triller is going after a bunch of streaming sites because they say they lost $100 million in revenue. But you know what the take- everyone's takeaway from this article was? They listed about 20 streaming websites that I wasn't familiar with. So everyone's <laughs> like, thanks, guys. Now I know where to look next time I need a streaming event. We've got Absolutely. some more options. Exactly. Um we can also send, had. Can you send me that uh, that news article just because I want to know about the news? Yeah, I'll give yeah, you the screen. Yeah. I'll screenshot the most important part for you, Mike. Don't worry about it. Um, John Jones apparently wants thirty million dollars, but John Jones said I didn't ask for thirty million dollars. And then John Jones and his manager just separated company, which makes me think John Jones' manager asked for thirty million dollars. But and then like uh, we also got Dana White says if they pay John Jones thirty million dollars, they will go bankrupt. Which is definitely a lie. That's what yeah. it was. In, in his mind, the profit not being as high Look, as it is. I get it. Don't give him $30 million guaranteed. Give him 15 and a cut of something. I want to see this fight, man. Just let yeah. me see this fight. John's not getting any younger. I know John's as old as me. Okay. But John's been doing this for 12 fucking years at least. Longer. He's been doing this a long time. He, he won the belt March of 2011. We're not going to get that much more out of this guy. This isn't heavyweight. I mean, it is heavyweight, I guess. But he's not coming in there with lack of mileage. Mm-hmm. Let's do it while it still makes sense. I agree. Um, but also, you know, Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury are going to make $75 million each to fight each other in boxing. And that's the sport where they need to get YouTube kids to fight to make it people pay for it. But, you know, MMA, who I swear to God, this sport is like they're going to – Endeavor's going to IPO and everybody's going to get even richer and they're going to tell me they're broke. I, by the way, I will be investing on and with Endeavor day one or shorting the hell out of it, which, whichever one the people of Reddit tell me to do. <laughs> so everybody get on board. Me and Mike are looking for some stock tips for that day. Um, okay, the UFC is following this baller card, Mark, with some bullshit. Yeah, it's a little light. Uh, it's a little light. The one next week after it, though, way better. Like, do you see that one? How much better it is? <laughs> On Wikipedia, it just has the main event, which is fantastic. Oh, wait, there's a prelim card. 
it has one fight on the prelim card. I don't know who those guys are, but the, the main event is enough in and of itself to get me excited. But yeah, that's news for next week, unfortunately. Exactly. This week we have this to is... siphle through the bullshit we have here. Yeah, UFC 261 is being followed by UFC Fight Night, headlined by Dominic. Man, he thought he thought he was going to be light heavyweight champion. He really thought he was going to be light heavyweight champion. Reyes taking on Yuri Prochaska. Um. These guys are gonna go five rounds. Yuri's got 24 fucking knockouts. <laughs> Just want to point that out. In 27 wins. 24 knockouts. Um, co-made event is Giga Chikadze, Georgian MMA fighter who's 5-0 and in the UFC. And I swear to God, I didn't know who he was until today. Didn't have a clue. You could have told me that name was fake. I would have bought it. Taking on uh, everybody's favorite featherweight, Cub Swanson. Um... There's other shit going on. Cody's demands on the card. Ion Kutilaba and Justin Jacoby should be real violent. Um, Random Marcos is on the prelim. If I was a UFC fighter and they put me on this card, I would question how much longer I'm going to be with the company. This is terrible. This is hot garbage. Uh, main event, Dominic Reyes taking on Yuri Potroska. Stefan, um, do you have the betting line for this one? Uh, yeah, pretty close fight. Yuri is the slight favorite at minus 130 to Dominic Reyes' plus 110. Before we go any farther, Mike, can you tell us an updated standings of how we're all doing? And I did appreciate you, Mike, lying and saying that we all picked um, uh, Anthony Smith when, in fact, none of us picked Anthony Smith so last I, week. <laughs> I went back and changed that. So That's none of us got, disappointing. None of us got the W for that. So mm-hmm. as of... April 26th, as we record this right now. Not counting any 10-point, 15-point, or 40-point modifiers, of course. No. Just the raw numbers. Just, okay? just, raw numbers. We just raw dogging it. Um, cool. I'm still in the lead at 25 and 14. Bobby's following just behind at 24 and 15. DJ Mark is 22 and 17. And a round of applause for Steph, now above 500, 20 and 19. Hell yeah. So man, with that modifier, I'm at a cool thirty. <laughs> that is that is nice. That is real um, nice. I uh Mike, who do you got in this one? Uh man, Dominic Reyes burned me so bad. Um and it wasn't exactly the most expert analysis um during his uh his cha- championship fight. And oh, he gave John Jones a pretty good workout. Um, he may have won. Yeah, he'll be champ. Mike, before uh, you make your pick here, I just want to let you know I'm taking Yuri Petroska, and I'm right behind you. So you decide how. Is that how you pronounce it? Yuri? J I R I? I don't know. I just like saying Petroska. All right. It, it is. <laughs> it sounds Mike, like a. Because uh, as a Warrior fan, one time we drafted this kid named Yuri Welsh with the 11th pick. Thought he was going to be something. He was oh, not. Yeah. I, I'm, very, I'm familiar with this name. I am familiar <laughs> with this name. Yeah, I'm going to go with Reyes on this one. Um, there we go. Mainly because of the expert It's an Amazing standby of, I don't know the other guy. Yeah. Some other guy's name sounds like it'd be Rusev's finisher. Potroska. He's going to hit the Potroska on him. I got Potroska. The guy's got 24 fucking knockouts. <laughs> I mean, this is a dumb reason to pick a man. I don't know. He knocked out a Fabio Maldonado. That's not easy. You know how hard it is to knock out Fabio Maldonado? Like, he knocked out Fabio Maldonado in a minute and 50. That is not even 
physically possible. You might have hit him with a two by four. Maldonado would have beat Fedor if it wasn't for Russian MMA judging. <laughs> That's true. Um, he knocked out King Mo. He was the one in Ryzen who put. Can you put King Mo in the ropes? Was that him? Yo, oh, man, a couple be. people knocked out King Mo. All right, Manny um, Newton knocked out King Mo. He knocked out CB Dalloway. I feel I haven't seen CB Dalloway get knocked out. What happened to CB Dalloway? I feel I haven't seen him get knocked out a lot. And he's beat a lot of people I know. And he knocked out Volkan Ozdemir. That, that's something. I, I, I'm honestly, I'm feeling better about this the more I look at it. He's got 24 knockouts, two submissions, one decision. Let's hope it doesn't go to the ground. Let's really hope it doesn't go to the ground. Mark, who do you got? Yeah, I'm going with uh, Yuri too. Uh, looking at the Wikipedia page, I was like, oh, this dude's, he is on a run. And, you know, the last five names are highlighted blue, so they have Wikipedia pages. So I just assumed these were all in the UFC. But <laughs> 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 I looked over to the side, I was like, oh, and these are all rises. We are, one UFC we are really so bringing it with our analysis today. <laughs> we only pick it two fights, and this is the main event. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I'm, I'm not super confident because of that. Like, if, this was UFC competition, you know, and he had he had that run going. That's you know that gives me a little bit more uh, confidence, and that is what Dominic Reyes was doing until his recent fumbles. But I'm going with Theory, you know, playing playing the odds. He's on a bit of a run, but not super confident in that. I just want to say, if I'm Do- Dominic, better not lose this fucking fight. I know I just picked against him, but Stefan, that is the shit coming off the rails badly. Who do you got here? <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm going to make us sound a little bit more professional and then immediately follow it up with a statement that doesn't make me sound professional. Um, I know who Yuri Prokasha is. I really like Yuri Prokasha. I think he's quite a prospect. The problem is I kept getting him mixed up with Igor Prokayek, uh, and, <laughs> e- and he's the one who's not very good. And so I have mistakenly picked Igor when I thought I was picking Yuri because they showed up around the same time at the UFC as light heavyweights. You know, and they were kind of taking on like various prospects. One took on Vulcan, the other one took on uh, what's his name? Uh, the dan- dancing man who hurt his shoulder. Uh, I'm blanking on the kid. Jimmy uh, Walker. Um, no. Yeah, Johnny Walker. Jim, yeah. Jim, all right, Johnny Walker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I did get them a little mixed up, but Yuri, he's the one who I remember came coming away pretty impressed with his stand up. Um, he has very credible striking. Uh, yeah, Dominic. A lot of the shine came off. Um, that that was one of my proudest calls, picking uh, our Lord and Savior, our reigning light heavyweight champion, uh, Polish power. But um, I don't think Yuri's quite that. But yeah, a lot of shine has come off uh, Reyes in my eyes. So we th- oh, wait. So who'd you pick? Not Dominic Reyes, obviously. I picked Yuri. <laughs> Yuri. Are we, are we going, we're going three one against Dominic Reyes. I like it. <laughs> I mean, I like I, it. I got I got such a clean lead outside of Mark, who also made the right call. But uh, <laughs> you know, I got some room to get a little wild with it. You know what I mean? I got uh, we got here in the co-main event. Um, Giga Chikadze, Chikadze. I'm not going to say this gentleman's name correctly. Georgian fighter. Cub Swanson, his opponent. Giga coming into this fight on a seven-fight win streak with wins over five people in the UFC. You ain't never heard of one of them. Just you never, you haven't. Um, Cub Swanson. Cub Swanson, you know, just beat Daniel Pineda's ass back in December. Two two fight wins, two wins in a row after losing four straight. Kind of put a halt to us thinking um, I got Cub Swanson was going to get a title, you know, Get a title run, 
losses to Ortega, Edgar, Moicano, and Shane Burgos, that split, made us think he's just not going to fight anyone anymore. He's turned it around quite a bit here. Betting odds, Stefan. Uh, Giga is coming in at minus 185 to Cub Swanson's plus 160. So Giga, um, seven wins by knockout, one by su submission, four decisions. Um, he's a third-degree black, third black belt in Goju Ryo Karate, training out of King's MMA. Um, yeah, I, I'm not picking him because I don't know who he is. I tried to figure out nothing about this man's record or anything I read made me think he should be a favorite over Cub Swanson. I know he's won five straight, but this seems like a large leap in competition. Honestly, I still think pretty highly of Cub Swanson. He doesn't lose to people who aren't very good. Um, and I know eventually that just changes. You know, one day Cub just goes and he's not going to be the same anymore. I like him quite a bit. I think he can still get this done. And I think he's going to be nice and, you know, Cub Swanson, he's nice and violent. And I don't know the guy well enough to pick the other guy well enough to pick him. Underdog or not, I got Cub Swanson. Mike? I'm going to be picking Giga because <laughs> many, many, many moons ago, a uh, a young Lavender Gooms also studied Goju Ryu and got to the third belt in there. So I'm going to go with my karate brother. You know what? Considering I know how Mike fights. I'm feeling better about my pick right now, guys. Just like just letting you know. Stefan, who do you got? Man, I was really expecting this guy to be a wrestler, right? Did it all Yeah, your, I did too. Did all your hopes and dreams <laughs> just kind of fade away when you read that he's a kickboxer and not a wrestler. Um that said, I'm gonna go with the favorite, and by the end of it, you will be calling him Giga Chad Kodse. <laughs> okay. Marcus. He's a Giga me. Chad, Mike. He's a Giga Chad. Join me, Mark. <laughs> uh, I'm not joining you, Bobby. I'm oh. sorry. But and I'm I in first no place when this shit's over. I'll be very happy. <laughs> I, have, I have no good reason. I'm mostly I'm picking him out of disinterest in this fight overall. I really I, like you. I don't know him from oh. Sam or Joe across the street, but I'm not gonna. I was up. waiting for one of you to be like, "Why the fuck are we picking this?" And you didn't. I gave you like nine hours. Well, that was just gonna be the one it. fight. So we, we were all swinging. And look at you picked Cub. You made it interesting, so I don't have to. That'd probably be the only reason why I would pick Cub is like if we're all on the one side. None of us know what's going on in this one. Yeah. I mean, how, is this guy young at least? Like, is he? He had a lot of kickboxing. He's 32. He ain't that young. And his yeah, prime. Okay. This guy's a real decision fighter, too. Um, okay. Um, that's it. Um, let's do stuff we like. Would you guys like to lead off with... Uh, you know, let's lead off with um, Winter Soldier. I agree. And Falcon. We've been, um, we've been on a six-week journey with that one. Yeah, I was surprised it was only going to be six, to be honest. Um, I have a joke thought, which I'll save off for later. But for now, my overall is just I, I enjoyed it. Not as much as WandaVision, but I enjoyed it. What would you think, Steph? Yeah, that really kind of hits it. Um, overall, I'll say it's good. But I, I, you know, even with lowered expectations of what these shows are going to be, I can't help but feel I came away from the show wanting a little bit more. Um, a lot of the show, I kind of didn't really have a sense of what the overarching narrative was. Like, episode to episode, I'm like, what are we building towards here? Like, what is the final conclusion of this? And then, you know, even if you could predict that, okay, you know, let's just get cut to it. 
Sam becomes Captain America and he wears a very comics accurate outfit um, that they ended up building as his suit. But like, you know, I am not your keep your politics out of my comic book politic movies guy. I love that stuff. But that final speech by Sam where he's speaking for like two minutes straight to a random gaggle of senators and media people. That shit was heavy handed. <laughs> like that was dude, that was, dude, why did that turn why did it turn into like an early episode of South Park where Stan Marsh is just teaching us the lesson we learned? That's yeah. what it felt like for a moment. I'm like, what what are we doing here, bro? Like part <laughs> of the charm is like, you know, well, they even make a joke about it, right? Where in uh, Endgame, Ant Man looks at Steve Rogers and he's like, Man, these guys really good at speeches, right? Like, man. Well the thing is, <laughs> Steve knocks it out of the park in three to four sentences. You know, it's concise and to the point. Sam, they this show was already going into a lot of really deep stuff. And if you're going to go into race politics in America, it is going to be deep. But to give a man a two minute speech and just go with it, that's oh, it's just it's not that it's bad. I don't disagree with anything said. I'm just saying, like, there's just something a little off in the pacing of the show that it, it didn't quite hit great for me. In fairness, stuff. I mean, you need at least two two minutes to try to teach these white devils. <laughs> that was. Honestly, I, I came out of the show thinking, like, did any of this matter? Because ultimately, if I didn't watch this, all I need to do is watch the next Marvel movie where you're like, you see Sam with the shield. You're like, cool, he took the job. Well, in right? defense of that, Bob, I, I just want to say this is going to be the truth of all of these Disney Plus series. If you are a comic book reader, this is what the, these TV series are the supplementary issues. When Civil War comes out, there is the 10 issue civil war series and then you could read the spider-man civil war you can read the x-men civil war you can read you know the west coast avengers civil war and they'll give you supplementary information they'll fill out some spaces but they are wholly irrelevant to that main line that's what all these disney plus shows will be do you think they'll the, all be supplemental even with wanda wandavision had some shit happen there man i mean i don't know with like the wanda the vision stuff it did and it didn't like Ultimately, we just gave her a costume. Well, remember I was talking to you about the show where I was just like, "I ah, look, this is I'm like, look, this is on me," but I have lost track of why the bad guy is like what their cause is. To be honest, and then Mike told me it's one wor- one people, one Earth, and I'm like, he could be kidding or not, and I don't know. Four words, man. Like, Four words. How do you forget that? I don't know. It just I thought maybe there was more to it. I thought there was more to this fine print. Yeah, it's you know a lot. You said to yourself, a lot happened, but not really a lot happened. Um, but. It was a good, I mean, it was good. Mark, what'd you think? <laughs> uh, I think I liked it a little bit more than you guys. Although I would agree that I think where the show kind of felt a little flat was with the main villain with the um, the Flag Smashers. And I did hear, and I don't know how much truth there is to this, I hear that there was things that they had to cut. I guess early on that there was going to be a storyline where basically like the government was poisoning the refugees and there was a pandemic going around in one of the early episodes they talk about how the flag smashers were stealing you know uh medicine and and vaccines and stuff and i and if that's true that would make some sense if they had to make major cuts that would make sense to why their motivations kind of felt a little flat but for me while their arc kind of you know left me feeling a little bit more the um isaiah bradley stuff was super impactful and was really good and what also keeps me on this show is, and kind of like in WandaVision, like we still get these really great moments with these fantastic fucking actors. Cause one of my favorite scenes was 
when they're doing a flashback with the Winter Soldier, and he's with um, one of the Wakanda soldiers, and she's reading the the words that used to activate him. And what's his name? Stan Sebastian or whatever. What a scene. What an actor. No words. You just look at this dude's face, and they're doing the flashback, so you kind of tell like in the inner turmoil that he's going through, but like you can read the pain on his face. And as he starts tearing up, you know, facing this thing that has controlled him for not even his whole life, like longer than a lifespan would be like, and him just being used and him confronting that thing. I think that scene was really powerful. And then another thing that I was really critical of the show before it came out, because the trailers did not really do much for me. I did not get connected. I wasn't super excited for the show. And one of the things that I've I've always said that I really like, and I know it's dividing, so a lot of people are kind of done with like the humor and the comedy in these shows, but I think these two dudes ripping back and forth was some of the funniest fucking shit they've done in the whole MCU. When he's when Winter Soldier's sneaking around, he's like, "Oh, you've been in Wakanda, now you the the white tie, like the white panther." He's like, "It's white wolf." It's just like those little things that we tell, like. Oh, why did you use your 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 right hand to to screw the thing? And why you use your arm? And he's like, oh, I'm right handed. I kind of forget I have a mechanical. Arm. I was like, there's these little moments that are just like, this is fucking gold. Like this is what I'm here for. These little back and forth between uh Sam and um the Winter Soldier. I just thought were great. Um, and then you know ultimately, like I think some of the action scenes were okay and kind of fun. I love seeing GSP. Get back in there. I think Bobby, you're gonna mention that we're kind of upset that like it looks like maybe he died. I don't think he died. Yeah, I think he got shot and I don't know, man. Sharon Carter no, doesn't look like This is the thing. This is the thing with the Leaper. He just he's a scene ends and you don't know what the fuck happened. Because la- the first scene, Stefan's like, oh no, they captured him. And I watched it back, it's like, no, he got away. You just forget that he gets away. Like they they cut they cut. Uh, I like how they've like, established that he definitely fights better than Sam. Like, I yeah. like how a lot of people, I saw an article online, which was like, we got to admit it, man. Falcon can't fucking fight. And <laughs> I, was, I, that I would be critical on is like, I do like how his new suit, it is accurate to the all new Captain America, which is actually a graphic novel that I read and had. But like, I do think he looks a little silly. <laughs> like when he came out in that suit and it might be in, and this is a, a comic book hero thing. It's hard to get the helmet right because it's, it's either this thing you're going to cover the whole face and the question is, what do you do with those ears? You're going to have the ears pop out. You're going to cover the ears up. Because either way, it looks weird. And I think with this iteration, I think what's also weird is that he does have his ears popping out, which is always kind of a weird thing to see. But then like the top of his dome is just completely unexposed. And for a dude that's flying around, it's like, get a helmet on this, bro, man. Like, you, you got to protect that noggin, dude. Um, these are little nitpicks. Oh. Mainly, like I said, I, I did. I loved the going to the uh, Isaiah Bradley storyline, which I didn't. I was not familiar with. I did not read those comics, so that was definitely something. You know, watching the the Easter egg breakdown videos after, I was like, okay, this is this is a really cool storyline. I did know his son does become a character called the Patriot, and he's basically like the leader of the Young Adventures. So you know that kid is going to come back in. And I just thought the actor. Oh, there there was a couple of really great african-american actors i think the guy playing isaiah bradley was awesome he steals scenes because he just has such a gravitas when he's on camera and he's talking to sam about what he's been through and what his perspectives is of being you know an african-american superhero that got no credit no love no respect and then another character that didn't really tail that line but i just loved his voice the the was it blazing star the u.s agents uh his little side character Battlestar. Battlestar. I love that dude's voice. 
I was legitimately upset when he died because I was like, fuck, I, that dude, like his voice is just like, man, I, I want to seek him out because he just has, he has a gravitas to himself too. So what I've really come to appreciate in these shows is I do feel, I mean, to some degree, I, I agree with you, Steph, like major things aren't happening. They probably will keep like the major twist in story arcs, but I wouldn't write them off too, because if, if you learned anything from the MCU and especially with end games, like, they can make any of these shows more relevant with coming back. And because I would not be surprised, you know, uh, Sharon Carter is like the power broker. I'm not going to, hey, I'm, I'm calling it now. I'm not going to be surprised if she's a scroll. You know, when they do a, the full secret invasion and we figure out, like, oh, a lot of these characters weren't actually that character. They were, you know, doppelgangers. I wouldn't be surprised if that was one of them because her arc felt weird um, and it felt bad in the show. And it's something that is a con on the show. But could pay dividends later down the line where it's like, oh yeah, she was a scrawl. You know, there's a scrawl invasion, and she was one of the people that they replaced and put her in a more powerful position. So, um, oh, you know, definitely. Overall- um, yeah, I came in hard, but I think you hit it right. Like, I, I mean, I just made to the point that like, there's not a large big payoff. That was kind of the mistake a lot of people made with Wandavision was for hoping something truly earth shaking in terms of the story. But there's amazing little moments, right? Um, we haven't even mentioned him yet, but Daniel Brühl as Baron Zemo, excellent. He was great, yeah. You know, like, I, I heard someone say, and I, I agree, is like, Captain America franchise just found their Loki, you know? Mm-hmm. That kind of on-again, gray area, bad guy, but does what is necessary type character, and, and he's awesome. Um, I thought uh, the, the character of uh, John Walker was done really well, the U.S. agent, because people really hated fake captain america mm-hmm. hashtag not my captain america people were really mad at wyatt russell and you know um funny thing you mentioned scrolls because we got news this week that amelia clark is joining the secret invasion disney plus series and to the point i'm going to make about john walker is what's one thing that game of thrones did terribly and among many things the descent to madness the descent to evil the heel turn was really poorly handled it was handled absolutely excellently with walker when he gets his ass handed to him by the Dora Milaje, and you see him sitting in his sad boy puddle, and he's like, they're not even super soldiers. Like, that was a great character moment. That was just like, holy That was shit. hilarious. Yeah, he's like, I actually started laughing when he said that. I he's was like, like oh, I just got yeah, my ass got- handed to me. They all got superpowers. They're just better at fighting than I am. Like, what chance do I have being Captain America? That's a great character moment. There's a lot of, and, and that's what the shows do well, well, is the character moments, fleshing them out, making you Taking the background guys, taking the sidekicks and put it, giving them a center stage, they do really good with that stuff. I, yeah, that was, I don't know, you brought that line up. It really made me laugh when it happened. Um, did anybody want to say anything else about this? I mean, I was pretty pissed at that. I, I mean, I thought GSP died. But then you made a good point. GSP just shows up and doesn't show up. And um, are there, are we, what's next? Which Are we getting uh, the Loki. Loki show? I am fucking in for the Loki show. That looks like it's going to be all, all over the fucking place. And Owen Wilson's always good and stuff. Looks great. And, and then after that, there's, there's four, right? I don't know. What the, is it, uh, Hawkeye might be after that. But what I would say, Bob, to you, to your point and to what Stefan said earlier about WandaVision, I think the Loki show, I think what made WandaVision so fun was the premise was so crazy and out there that it gave a lot of the nerd comic book fans like, oh, Mephesto, like th- these are little hints of this and that. And I think the And I think that made the show really entertaining and really kept people gripped every week because you didn't know what was going on and falcon winter soldier is a much more straight and narrow kind of mcu storyline but loki's going to be all over the place i think it's going to lead to a lot of you know 
thinking and theorizing. And I think that is, you know, some of the fun of the show is like you don't know what they're going to introduce or what characters. And there's such a rich lore that they can pull from that they can do a lot of interesting stuff. So I think the Loki show will be fantastic. And I think, um, what's the actor's name? Tom Hiddleston. Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, if Hiddleston yeah. yeah. If there's anything I like about these shows is like, we're getting television shows with just like fantastic production, incredible actors and good scene writing and scripts for them to really shine. So that's something I'm really looking forward to. Whether, you know, we get huge revelations, I, I, I hope that does come. It would make sense why they would leave that for the big movies. But if nothing else, we're getting, like, super quality television, and I can't complain about that. Mike, you got anything for this before we move on to actually disagreeing, I think, about the Mortal Kombat movie? Uh, yeah. Um, after, after WandaVision, uh, I enjoyed this immensely. It was a nice palate cleanser, uh, very similar to when you go eat uh, sushi, you know, um, and you eat some of the ginger so you can clear your palate. Then you can move on to something else, you know, just getting. Wait, wait. I, I like that you said palate cleanser and you're like the people who listen to this show. I might be too classy for them. Let me explain what a fucking let me explain what a fucking palate cleanser is. That's right. That's right. You boo you bougie bitch, Mike. <laughs> Go ahead. Does not does everyone not know what the ginger is there for? I mean They do. You need not have to explain it to them, man. <laughs> you said you could have said palate cleanser. Moved on. Yeah, it's MMA the podcast for the liberal elite MMA fans. <laughs> I mean, not for nothing. We could have moved on if you know someone didn't want to harp on my comment. We we could have been moved on. Pinky that, you know, Pinky's whatever. up and it's amazing. Sorry, go ahead, Mike. As, as you as you drink a Lacroix, yeah, uh, man of the people here, Bobby. Um, no, but yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Um, one part, and honestly, you guys broke it down pretty well. Um, one part I enjoy is uh you know the the memes that come on Twitter after an episode and black Twitter really, uh, really keyed in on uh, Bucky being accepted into the family by being the only white dude uh, that got invited to the cookout. Yep. <laughs> nice. <laughs> this one of uh, my favorite topics on that mic was uh, I listened to a lot of the ringer podcasts um, and they got two guys who cover kind of a uh, Falcon with so both uh, black gentlemen, Van Lathan. I'm blanking on the other guy. They call themselves the Midnight Boys because they always review it like right after it comes out. But they had a nice, uh, funny uh, in debate about uh, how they felt about Bucky hitting on Sam's sister pretty immediately right there. <laughs> and then uh, Van Lathan, uh, formerly of TMZ, was like, yo, man, he's like, he's like, you know, let him do it, man. I like him. Holler. And then the guy's like, yo, man, cool it. Don't just be showing up and hitting on my <laughs> sister. Um, there, there was a lot of funny interplay in all that. It, it, it was I did like that scene in the little end montage where Bucky's just chilling with his bionic arm and, like, seven kids are just hanging off of it. Like, dude, dude's flexing for the sister. Um, that was fun. That's all I, I wanted to chime in. All right, folks. We waited. And it came. Mortal Kombat. The first... The the, uh, the, the newest movie, and I don't know how many they've made so far. It's the third theatrical movie. There have been animations, animated movie, I believe. The Um, original came out in 95, I want to say, the first one. Which, how did they let me go to the theater and watch this movie? Did I see this in theaters? My older brother. brother. Wait, was it rated R? No. What? It was PG-13. That's how I saw it. Okay. 
There we go. That explains it. I'm like, nah, I wouldn't have pulled that off at nine. You were in your um, 13 okay. in, in 1995. I know, but, you know, you got immigrant parents. You can push them on some things. Um, the second one came out a couple years later, Annihilation. People really don't like Annihilation. Um, this one, look, I know where a lot of us stand here. I've talked to some of you about it. I know I haven't talked to Mark. My understanding is Mark uh, overall enjoyed it. Um, I'm just going to say my gripes real quickly. I think we should my, start my, with what's good. Let's start with what's, what's good, good about it. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sub-Zero. The first 10 minutes, the part that they released for free as a teaser was f pretty badass. And I know why they released it for free because it was the best part of the movie. Um, I thought Sub-Zero um, was pretty awesome. He was almost like overpowered, you know, character compared to the other ones. Um, that was pretty cool. There was... Like, as, despite my issues with Jax, Jax getting his shit torn apart before he became Jax looked cool as hell. There was also, there was some badass, like, moments, really. And, like, it, it all the, comes back to Sub-Zero. Sub-Zero yeah. gets all the great moments in this movie. I, look, and I, 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 thought, I thought Kano was really exactly. funny. Kano's a steam stealer. that being said, I mean, I also think they didn't cast, they didn't put Johnny Cage in the movie and gave Kano all the good fucking lines. Like, there could have, there could have been some Johnny Cage lines in there. Um, I thought... Kano, I also like, oh man, I didn't like the main character at all. I'm trying to think of something nice there. I just thought there was really good movies where like really the money they spent on production was, could be seen. Um, the random frozen octagon had me ideas, had me get, getting ideas. I'm like, I would watch this shit out of that. You give me a frozen octagon <laughs> with some fighters. That would be great. Um, I, I thought Cabal was pretty cool, you know? That was that wasn't bad. I said the let's funny start, people were like, bad. Since you brought him up, I'm really I'm Did getting anyone off the have this problem? I had one problem with Cabal. His random Brooklyn guy henchman voice accent. That when he spoke through that helmet, I'm like, who the hell is this schmuck? Why? Why, <laughs> is, this the, why is this the voice we chose for Cabal? Like everyone of these demonic outland monsters, and here's Brooklyn Kingpin henchman number eight. I, I, a legitimate here. question: Was that reptile or was that a reptile? Mm, I mean, in these movies, they always that's, instead of it being. I, I got cool into a debate ninja, with somebody. <laughs> love, they're like, why don't we put in a super shitty CGI lizard that they fight? I don't know why they do that. It's like a. Oh, I also, uh, was like, make him invisible ninety eight percent of it, yeah. so we don't have to animate anything. <laughs> we can just have I just, people reacting and getting bumped by something. No, but honestly, did you guys come out of thinking that was a reptile or not? Because I was just like, I guess that maybe in the ninety five movie you probably forgot it they also had a reptile he was a cgi shitty robot and they killed him too it was almost the exact same well, thing they but did they, throw they, him I, into one of those crucified bodies so we did yeah. get the uh ninja version for at least a Which fight is the coolest yeah 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 marcus what do you mean what, what, overall what are the things you like yeah uh mm -hmm. i mean i i was pretty positive on the film and you know i talked to stefan about it and honestly you guys teed me up to like it. If three people on a chat are saying how bad a thing is, I'm going to try to find the best qualities of it. Because, I mean, my my bar was already like, it's a moral... You know, I'm not expecting much here. But then when it's like, oh, this movie's complete dog shit, it's like, okay, well, I'm expecting... I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, but I, I know. It was, <laughs> but it was, it was, you know, and I don't think even in the comments you guys put, it wasn't that, like, you guys were saying it was, like, bad, bad. It just, like, it, it was not great. And that was my you know thinking going in and i think there's a lot of things you can point out in this movie it's like yeah there's a lot of aspects in here that are not great and i think what makes that stand out is that you can tell this movie had a lot of potential there was a lot of production went into it there was a lot of care there was a lot of and, and i think my, my biggest thing i liked about this movie 
and this was true about the first movie too, is that a lot of these video game adaptations, and this used to be how comics were too, they're very scared to follow the source material very closely. They always want to change what the film is about to try to like mass market it and they don't really lean on like you look at the super mario brothers movie it, it is nothing like the video games whatsoever it's because they they morph it into something that it's not and it becomes really shitty so Real i quick, do Mark, like did you see me, uh miyamoto or his comment on that movie because it was just kind of funny it uh, was he said if anything he thought they tried to keep that movie too close to the video games because they just tried to keep like the real cool and everything that he's like i think they tried a little too hard in that case. well like the yoshi yeah Yo, i'm 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 my name is mario mario <laughs> this is my brother this is my brother luigi mario <laughs> but i mean when you look at other video game adaptations they don't follow the source material and i think this movie tried to and sometimes it was to its detriment um you know they they try to throw in a lot of lines that just didn't really like when kung lao says flawless victory about his own fight it was not nearly as good as when shang sun did it in the first one when there was actually a fight and a guy won flawlessly it made sense there it did not make it here it was just shoehorned in but i you do like that scene from mortal kombat one because i love it Random ninja guy comes out and he is just screaming hyped. He is doing his katas. His, ah, he's really flexing all those deltoids. And then Sub-Zero, like, no, son. It's over. Yeah, and, and, a, and a great use of the line, which this movie tried to do some of that stuff. What I did like was they had some inside jokes about the video game. I liked, I mean, in one, I loved Kano. I thought Kano was great. I thought he was hilarious. I think it would have served the film better if they gave some of his lines to other characters to make them more likable. Cause like Bobby said, and I think it's what I've heard everyone say is like, I'm not upset that they went with like an original character for the main character. He's the surrogate for you as the person who doesn't know what the fuck's going on. But like, he's so flat. I honestly didn't know. Was he married to that woman? Was he like the orphanage mom where they sister? There was no connection with his M family. Marcus, <laughs> I'm going to honestly say this. Did anybody when it first thought first started think, did they whitewash Liu Kang so much that this is fucking Liu Kang? I, 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 did anybody I else think that? Because I'll be honest, Luke I definitely Kang was did. In it. I, okay, I thought I he was I, 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 for like half of the movie. I thought the main character was Scorpion, like a, like okay. a new I, incarnation, or yeah. yeah. I mean, it was. I think that was the biggest fumbling. Is like why was Liu Kang the main character? We did great with Liu Kang. I thought Liu Kang is the main character. I mean, I don't, I show. don't mind them making a. And they and I didn't and I think that's another thing that you guys might not have liked, but I kind of liked how they tried to rationalize how these fuckers can do shit. <laughs> like like how do you throw a fireball? It's like, well, this thing gives me magic powers. Like, okay, at least they're trying to have some kind I didn't of mind that. I, I appreciated that. Yeah, and it made me interested. Cool. It it carried me through to be like, okay, what is this dude gonna do? Because he's not a Mortal Kombat character, so I don't know what his power is gonna be. And I get the reasoning why they give him like the silver armor because early on the film is like he doesn't defend so like his power is that he could take hits but they also drop because like it seemed like in the girl fight he's taking hits and he's getting more powerful almost like a, a black panther thing like he takes hits it gives him energy and then he can release it that doesn't really come into play again in the film so overall why i like the film was you know i think it was just, it was a fun stupid movie you know i think the pacing was good enough with the action where it was like i was never in any one scene too long um and then some things definitely fell flat i think there's a lot of things yeah. that you can look at that didn't make sense but one thing i do want to mention before we'll pass it on because i've been hogging it my favorite scene which probably wasn't supposed to make me laugh is that when when jacks gets his new bullshit arms and he's hitting the the 
the pound of meat and it's just so weak and pathetic and it's just like oh just stop this is making me sad <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was funny and unintentionally, but overall I, I want to go to Mike. I thought I you were going to bring next. up the uh, since you mentioned the inside joke. I really like the spamming of the sweet leg sweep. That, that's what I was going <laughs> to. That, that was that was good. I thought that was hilarious. It's, like, it's effective. It's effective. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go to Mike next, but just since you mentioned uh, fun and stupid, my fundamental issue with it, not that I hated the movie, was that look, I can g- get into a stupid movie. Mike and I are big fans of the Fast and the Furious franchise because it's go. stupid as shit, but it's real fun. Yeah. It's stupid, but it's fun. I didn't think this was fun. I, there was moments I liked, of course, but like overall, I thought like the original was way more fun for me. It was a way more. It was a better time. Yeah, I'm like, you go before yeah. I tear it a new one, and I don't even hate it, but I'm gonna tear it a new one. Oh, I got so I got a list. We got to go through it in a minute here, but Mike, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, um, I I don't want it to be thought that like I thought this movie was the worst movie ever it's for sure not on the list of uh batman versus superman in my book that is the worst that is the worst review in this movie this of this podcast ever hey, <laughs> it's like anybody uh, what if it podcast. turned out that earth was san francisco and the uh out realm is uh oakland what if that's what this was all along are you trying to trigger me right now <laughs> Is that what you're trying it's to like, do? Because it's, it's like, like the angriest I've ever it's the angriest I've ever seen, Mike. Oh, but, <laughs> um granted, I, I know this is just supposed to be a big dumb movie. I mean, it's a movie based off Mortal Kombat. I, I wasn't expecting, you know, the pianist or Schindler's list when I went in to watch this movie. But the movie didn't make that much sense. Like, obviously I'm not in Hollywood, but I think there are things they could have done to tighten this shit up. They really did not need that whole training section. Look, man, it's mortal fucking combat. You're going to have a dude that rips out souls. You're going to have a a, a four-armed monster in this movie. You know what? We're suspending belief to watch this movie. Just have it that these motherfuckers have their powers already, you know? Have it just be that that one cool young guy is the guy that has to, like, achieve his powers and everyone else is already the wily vet, like already prepping for Mortal Kombat. You've just, you've just saved yourself about 25 minutes, a half hour of movie time that you could use for like actual good shit people want to watch in a Mortal Kombat movie, which is, you know, fighting. Here's another big thing that I thought, what the fuck? What, what do you do in Mortal Kombat? It's a tournament, yes? Where the, I was waiting for that. Where the <laughs> fuck was the tournament in this movie? All right. What was that? Was it 20 minutes left or something? I'm like, there's no fucking tournament. <laughs> I was like, I was sorry, like, Bob. It's more of a prequel. <laughs> there's, there's no tournament. Mike, sorry. Go and, ahead. And one more thing that I don't like is people being overconfident. Um, and in this case, I'm not talking about anyone in the movie. I'm talking about the producers at Warner Brothers in this case. They are, they were so goddamn confident in this movie. They didn't put Johnny Cage in this movie because they thought, oh yeah, he'll be in the second one. Oh yeah, for sure, this is going to be a franchise. Yeah, we got this. And now you ain't going to get no Johnny Cage. All right. Exemplary of that, Mike, uh, my guy Joe Taslam, who played uh, Sub Zero in this movie. Uh, they signed an extension on him. You know how many? Four movies. They signed him to Mike, a four movie extension. Mike, this, this, this movie killed it. I had a random people like, like people all wanted to watch this. We're all we all are 
goddamn millennials that played this video game. This there's gonna be a sequel, and I'm saying it now because I've already said it before. I'm now I'm now confident it's gonna happen. Johnny Cage is gonna be played by the Miz. That would it be is great. fucking happening. That would be fun. It is. He is basically the Miz. His character on TV is basically the fucking Miz. He's campaigning for it. The guy who made the game is like, makes sense to me. He's gonna be Johnny Cage. I know you say it, Bob. I know you say it. But I told you my problem. I saw him do the yes kicks from Daniel Bryan. He don't kick so good. His kicks don't look that nice. And that's the one well, thing Johnny Cage does. You know what? Part of the Miz's charm is that he's made it this far. Not being that athletic, God bless him. <laughs> Two-time WWE champion. Um, I think he'd be great. On all, all seriousness, I, they, they, on um, up, up, down, down, they got the guy who was on in worked on the original game. Ed Boone. Ed Boone. Um, not no, the guy who like was the model for it. He uh, was the model for Johnny uh, Cage was on it, and like they took some pictures of him and Miz standing next to each other, even now, and like they're holding headshots up from the game. We're like. Yeah, the Miz is just Johnny Cage. <laughs> he should do this job. I'll see if I can find the link. I'll send it to you guys. I will say a missed, Look, a missed opportunity because besides Bobby, everyone knows who Ed Boon is. He should have got a cameo. He should have been the Stanley of this universe. He should have been in the background <laughs> and been like, you, you know, or something. That's what I was going to say. If they, wanted, <laughs> if they wanted to put a Mortal Kombat, like a thing for the Mortal Kombat game, they should have had some dude get uppercutted, and then just randomly someone just pops out out of the screen. And what was it he used to say? Uh, toasty? Yeah. Toasty! Yeah. We, like we got our bad toasty. MMA fight. I kind of half expected him when uh, Cole's daughter says, go for the uppercut, have some guy in the crowd yelling toasty. I Look, my fundament- I fundamentally think Johnny Cage gets disrespected by all these goddamn movies. All right? Really? He was, he died. He was like the main person in the first one. He, <laughs> he died like five movie. minutes into the second one, man. So and one, he wasn't one in the of third two, one. Bobby. One of two. He, one that's... of three. He's in one of three. There's only eight characters in this fucking game. He's one. Is it even eight? He's, he's not one disrespected of them. if he's not in the movie, Bobby. <laughs> Look, let me tell you. When it comes to these games... These fighting games. I'm all about the white man getting his due. Okay? My favorite Street Fighter character is Guile. And my favorite Mortal Kombat character is Johnny Cage. Okay? The Guile one is not really defensible at this point. But everybody loves Johnny Cage. I like. I honestly didn't put it together in a minute. But it was like halfway through. I'm like, the fuck is Johnny Cage? And then... The funny thing that, about that, that I didn't like Bob, is uh, though he would never play it now, Jean-Claude Van Damme's actual career is the career of Johnny Cage. If there were a real Mortal Kombat tournament he also and played Guile. got invited, he is the real-life Johnny Cage. Mortal Kombat was supposed to be a Bloodsport video game, and they didn't get the licensing, so like, well, like, we can't call him whatever, Duke, whatever, so we have to call well, him why is Why is Sonya Blade so shitty in these movies? Like, her character always is not good at fighting. They continue. I she's like, great at I, fighting I in this one. She, well, they asked her, she's like the Mary like, Sue why are you even here? She beats everybody up. She gets her <laughs> powers instantly. <laughs> she killed Kano in the first one. No, first of all, he didn't the die. Because they didn't explain how Scorpion just was back. They're like, he came back from hell. I'm that like, oh, there's no stakes then. Once he we got all blood come back. on his little thing, it summoned him again? Sure, why not? We, Look, I, I don't want to make to summon him back. I don't want to like disparage the man too much because he didn't do a lot in the movie. The Shang Tsung, though, in this looked half asleep. Him and Raiden The original Shang Tsung. Raiden sucks in every one of these movies. I go in expecting Raiden to suck. Whoa, every one of these whoa. movies, he sucked in these movies. Lambert, First Raiden, Lambert Raiden was great. No, I, I thought it was he sucked. Fun. Second, he was a fun <laughs> Raiden. Like, okay. I'll go with more fun. Last time you cheered a white dude in a rice paddy hat. 
<laughs> Look, was it inappropriate? Yes. It whole it was better than what we got here. The yeah, both of those actors were really flat. If you don't mind me going into railing it now. Um let's do it. Mark, I let's asked go. you if you saw there's a, a YouTuber who specializes in fighting video games and fighting video game history, Maximilian Dude. He almost never talks about movies, but he talked about this one, and his review really hit it up succinctly for me. It's there's a lot of enjoyable stuff. Tonally, this movie is all over the fucking place. This is like three different movies. And Mark, in in one of your gripes, you mentioned, and I think this movie reeks of studio interference. Cole Young existence is a studio interference. You guys were seem to be okay with it. The whole Arcana thing, the the tattoo mark thing, that reeks of we got to explain things. We can't just go with the lore. I think it's weird because it essentially what is says, the lore? Luke- they never explain why anyone could throw a fireball. So I like that. Like uh, at least they're like, you know what? We're not just gonna have them just do it. Well, you know, I, I, no, I actually I think they should have just done a thing because I didn't need to recognize what the audience for this movie is, and not one of us gives a fuck to have an origin story. Like, um, like we all know what this is. One, this game is twenty five years old. Normally, a dead giveaway, a movie might not be that good, is if there's expositionary text at the beginning of the movie. It's like, ooh, that, oh, oh no, we're in for something here. <laughs> it wasn't needed in this movie too. They explain it later. I, I don't think they needed to explain anything. But that's just me, Stefan. Sorry, you were going. Yeah, like part of where I, I became upset is how it was then associated to Liu Kang. The value of Liu Kang in the story is Liu Kang is a chosen fighter because he's a descendant of Kung Lao, the last Earth Realm winner of Mortal Kombat. In this movie, he's a guy who was not chosen by the Elder Gods. He happened to simply kill a pedophile who was chosen as one of the fighters and inherited his tattoo. And I'm like, oh, so Liu Kang is just a nobody who was living in poverty that happened to get lucky by killing a guy, and that's why he's here? So him being a descendant of Kung Lao means nothing? Also, Kung Lao is here, and he's his cousin now? Like, there was just a lot... It's again, it's video game lore, but like it's as much fan service as they did give. It's a choice like that. It's like, okay, well, I'm a little confused on that now. Um, the script is terrible. The dialogue is so, so bad. Uh, it's like, I, I get there's a corniness, right? But it's like, you know, Bihan becomes Sub Zero, but he has to tell you that. It's like, ah, my, my guy, Bihan, you're here. Come do be my servant. I'm not Bihan anymore. I'm Sub Zero. Pans in on face as he says to nobody. Like, Sonya Blade, who are you? What are you doing here? I'm Cole Young. Enters Sonya's home. Pictures of Cole Young all over her wall. She's been researching all these people, but I have to ask you who you are, because I don't know who you are, except I know who you are. Like, there's, there's, oh, I did notice, I don't know if anyone else caught this from the trailer. They recut the audio in the trailer. Because in the trailer, there is a janky-ass conversation between Jax on the, and the daughter, where he goes, what's that? It's a birthmark. What does that mean? It means he was born with it. They actually reshuffled it around to be like, what is that? He was born with it. It's a birthmark. They actually put it in a logical sequence that doesn't make Jack sound like a dumbass. Though in the next scene, he's explaining what the mark means himself. So again, unnecessary. The, the script is just really all over the place. I think uh, Louis Tan, who played Cole Young, he's a bad actor. In the end, when uh, Scorpion is speaking to him in Japanese, I had two thoughts. One, does Cole Young understand Japanese and therefore does he understand Scorpion? Or is this just bad acting on Lewis Tan's face and he just looks confused? I don't know what you're trying to convey in this scene. Like, his family should have died? <laughs> like, that was weird how his family was frozen to the cage. We zoom in on their purple and red, completely frostbitten corpses. But after he punches the ice, they're just a little wet and everyone's fine now. Like, Again, there's enjoyable stuff, but the script is so all over the place to me. Uh, 
I was legitimately not happy that I had to go through an origin story. And I get that maybe you think you're going to expand the audience, but I think that is not why they made this movie. I don't think you made this movie to get new people into this shit, right? It's a video yeah. game movie made for the people. I, I don't know. Maybe that was their intent, but I remember the first movie. We're, we're like 15 minutes in and we're on a boat. Right? Like, am I not thinking this right? Like, we're ready to go to the fucking tournament 15, 20 minutes and in. And that's kind of what I like, mean where it's, like, totally all over the place is there is so much fan service, which is dedicated for the hardcorest of fans, but we're doing a weird prequel. And we're also doing a weird prequel. Sorry, this is a nitpick, but it's big for me. We're doing a prequel where we are throwing away the sub-boss of the first game. One of the most iconic characters in the franchise, Goro, he's nothing in this movie. He shows up fights in a cabin for a little bit and then cole's power is stupid as hell uh, i believe i saw someone describe it as literal plot armor you know what also is janky about it it's only his upper body it ends at his neck and he's just wearing pants it reeks of they ran out of money and it like someone described it and i think this is true it looks like if you have an action figure and he has like a snap-on armor piece like it is so power rangers this is a foam thing over your chest that that just for so much look good, like a lot of the, all the Sub-Zero effects looked amazing. The frosting of the ice, the crystallization, everything with him looked so good for how bad and dumb Cole's like body armor power yeah. looked. I, that was rough for me. It was, it was very uneven. Um, do we have more? Remember an hour and 45 minutes in, I recall today. Am I going to be wanting to talk about anything that isn't Mortal Kombat, I guess? Mark? Oh, I actually have a crap ton of stuff, but I'll leave it for next week. So one, Mike, you want to hold off? Uh, just one quick thing. Um, you mentioned Power Rangers stuff. Uh, Liu Kang uh, was the Black Ranger in the 2017 Power Rangers movie. Oh, couldn't would never have guessed that. <laughs> so they were just older people now being the Power Rangers? Well, he... I thought it was always about spunky high school teens well, fighting. He looked, the world. he looked young in Power Rangers, so I could see him playing a teenager dad. And Honestly, he looked young as fuck playing Liu Kang here. So I was very shocked to find out he was 33. Oh, new Liu Kang. Sorry, I yeah. was picturing a uh, nine. No, no, not, not 1995. I was like, he Liu was Kang. in Power Rangers? Yeah. <laughs> Liu, Liu Kang was a really bad character. There's a lot of characters that were very flat, and Liu Kang was definitely like one of the most flat ones. And I think it sucks when you look at the 95. What that, the 95 film is really good. It's one of the best video game movies. But like, what so much of that movie had to stand on was like the chemistry between Luke King, Johnny Cage and Sonya Blade. And this movie did not have that. And you know what? You didn't get your tournament, but at the end of the movie, their big Avengers team up moment was to let's make this a tournament and fight them one-on-one. So I was like, all right, whatever. That's not even how the tournament works. I don't know <laughs> if you guys know who Jeremy Johns is. He's another kind of YouTube personality. Yeah. He made a, a gripe about that whole end sequence, which I thought of, but he, I, I, I want to give him credit for uh, verbalizing it. So they teleported Jax and Hammer Guy to the fucking spike pit level. And you know what they didn't do? A spike pit fatality. It's true. Jax was fucking awful. Like, I just want to point that out. Everything about that character sucked in this. That bummed me out how shitty Jax was. His, when he had the weak his, power, his power was just to get better arms. I, I I know the guy playing Jax. He's on the Supergirl show. And when I saw him, I'm like, this dude's not jacked enough to play Jax. I don't care what they do. Hey, oh, guys, he's he's way too skinny. 
What if you guys have a superpower, but you'll never know until you get a prosthetic limb, and you just can't know you don't you don't know you have a power. My my only counter to Mike is go to the gym and look at those dudes doing curls. They want their superpowers to be big arms, dude. There's a lot of meatheads out there that are like, if only I can get these guns even bigger, I'd be able to do so much more. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We'll be back next week. Uh, anything else we got? Um. This is what's what's the new hot shit we gotta be watching? We lost two things. That we did two at once. I've been watching Invincible. It ends next week. That's been a great one. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, finishing that one up, I got a couple of guys started on Warrior. I'm watching a shit ton of anime that I can recommend at some point or another. Mike, as my fellow Peacock subscriber, do you know what's on Peacock? WWE. Well, I mean, that's what they're hanging their hat on. They got the original Mortal Kombat movie. Hey! Yeah, that's something to watch. Um, all right, guys. Thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. This was a long one. But, well, yeah, you're used to it at this point. Um, I was Dr. Law. That was Kid Presentable. That was DJ Mark. And that was Lavender Gooms. Thank you again for watching. We'll see you all next week. For the love of God, get the vaccine. Peace out. See ya. Cheers. Bye.